0: All right, and welcome back to another episode of Who's Lifting Today? Um, just so you know, this is a previous episode from back when the podcast was called Marky Mark and the Fitness Bunch. So when I introduce it, so don't worry, you are at the right podcast, and I hope you enjoy. All right, and welcome back to Marky Mark and the Fitness Bunch. I'm here with Christy Brown. Again, to talk to us about your relationship with food and fitness and its importance. Thank you so much, Christy, for being on the podcast.
1: I'm so excited to be here. This is awesome. Thanks, Mark.
0: Yeah, it's always a pleasure. I think you were the officially the most common guest on the podcast. I think you officially. I think with your thir- <laughs> your third time, um, you should. Yeah, you've broken the record. Just thinking about it now, I think there's a couple doubles, but I think you're you're the you're the You're the most common so far. Um, And, but for people who haven't seen your episodes, tell them what you're about. What's What's your thing?
1: So yeah, absolutely. I was a former athlete and a former bodybuilder. I um, have played sports my entire life and I am like a fitness and health junkie. And I actually took an incredibly, terribly obsessive point um, to this and started taking my food everywhere, everywhere I went. Um, I had this like list in my head of good and bad foods that I had to follow. Every number on the scale had to be at a certain number or else I was either good or bad. I became like obsessed with health in a very unhealthy way. And it's important to know that that's a thing and people can actually become really unhealthy um, when they become obsessed with health. And it got to a point to where it started affecting my social life, my mental health, developed eating disorders from it just to keep that number. So now I help women get out of that uh, headspace and into a healthy one. So I help them heal their relationship with food. So you're able to keep any food in the house without binging on it.
0: Yeah. And and let's talk a little bit more about like relationship with food, because I don't think everyone sees it that way. Like they don't think about like, you know, they're, they they do not see, you know, their, their dinner plate as a partnership or any kind of like traditional relationship. Uh, Can you kind of elaborate on like what a relationship with food is?
1: I love that you brought that up, Mark. So a relationship with food, I like to think of it as, okay. So when you restrict, when you um, hold foods back, when you say, I'm not allowed to have this food, I can't have this food. I'm on this diet. What you're doing is I think of it as a long distance relationship. I think of it as somebody who I'm, I'm having a relationship with, but they're, they're away all the time. So now when they finally come home, it's like, oh man, I get to see this person. I like wait for them. It's like, okay, they're going to be here in like two more sleeps, one more sleep. Yay. They're here. And when they finally, get here, I like jump on them. I like hug, kiss them, squeeze them, all that good stuff, because I can't like get away from them. I just love them so much. And then that relationship is kind of like that relationship we have when we like say, okay, I'm just screwed. I'm just going to have pizza tonight. So you eat the pizza and then you're like hooked on it. And then the way I think of this relationship with food is that like, okay, so after that first night that you have that pizza, right? eventually you're like, okay, I see them a second night. Okay. I'm kind of getting used to them by that fourth night. You're like, okay, I'm like, I am sick of you. All right, let's go. Like get out of here, whatever you need to do. So I think of your relationship as food is if you're constantly, um, you know, giving food, this love it and leave it treatment, if you're constantly like, I'm binging on you now, you can't have you now I'm binging on you and now I can't have you, then you're pushing food away. You're, you're creating this really unhealthy relationship with it of, Um, You're bad. You're good. Come here. Don't come here. And it's really confusing to not only our bodies, but to our minds too. So a healthy relationship with food is a sustainable one. It's one where you have a good partnership. It's one where you can trust it. It's one where you don't cheat on it. So we need to start looking at food as more of that relationship. And really, I ask a lot of my clients, what's your current relationship with food? Because it's really important. If it's that love it and leave it treatment, then that's something we need to work on
0: yeah absolutely i never actually thought about it as like a long distance relationship and i think like also like long distance relationships it doesn't scale right it doesn't work long term it's kind of fine for now and that's kind of like the relationship Mm -hmm. with food what are the main issues that you see like when we're talking about like why the relationship isn't going well with food what are examples of that
1: sure so the biggest one i see is fear of weight gain so fear of weight gain people have this this constant fear we've been taught all our lives weight gain is so bad. Don't gain weight. Gaining weight means you're unhealthy. It means you're not taking care of yourself. When really, um, weight really has very little to do with our health. If we're um, really taking care of ourselves, if we're moving our bodies, not for punishment, right, Mark? That's what you do. (laughs) You you take care of your body. When you're self-aware, you actually become your healthiest. When you're eating for nourishment and excitement is when you're becoming your healthiest. It's when we put these foods up on their pedestals. When we put these foods like sugar, carbs, things that, you know, have this demonizing effect to us. And we say, oh, no, I need to put you off into off limits land. I don't trust myself around you. Um, That's when people start to really get this like terrifying fear of this food. And we create this scarcity mindset around us of I can't have this food. But when that scarcity mindset hits, all we want is that food, right? It's like telling a toddler they can't touch this. All they want to do is touch the thing. So that's what this is about. It's about replacing that scarcity mindset with an abundant one.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And how do we overcome that? So I think like, there's definitely like the messaging, the fear of weight gain is very, very common. I think uh-huh. even in like the intuitive eating world, it still is like some concern. And with all the messaging that has happened, how do we take a look at that messaging and choose to go with a different kind of messaging when we've had, because like, I- I've worked with women who like, of course you only train for calories. Like, it's not even nice. that it was like their choice. It's that like, that was the only option. Like when I talked mm-hmm. to women who said like, you can actually train for strength or like like your appearance does not have to be the main focus of the training. They didn't even know that was on the table. Like it wasn't even that they like looked at it and was like, nah, I'd rather train for appearance or that like, they didn't know it existed. Mm-hmm. So how do you confront people who like, they've feared weight gain all their life. They're like very concerned about it. And then they hear your story being like okay like uh who actually cares if you gain weight or not um like how do you talk them through that
1: oh i love that so this takes a long time this isn't something that i could just say these magic words it's a magic pill and all of a sudden it's like oh i feel great and i love everything about my body like this takes time it takes work and it takes patience right it's like a good squat like you have to practice it to get better at it and to load more weight onto it so um I take my clients back into basically childhood. Like I know when I grew up, I never knew one woman that liked her body. Like even the women that I looked at and I was like, oh my gosh, you have the most perfect body. They're like, oh no, this and that. It's like, as women, we're always a constantly- thing. Oh my God, always, always. It's like, we're constantly taught to be in fix it mode. And if we're not in fix it mode, it makes us feel like we aren't trying hard enough that we're not doing enough for our body that we're not worth health. So when we take this mindset and we flip it upside down, right? It's like a paradigm shift. Like the world is flat and now it's round. Um, it's kind of like, oh, well- what's going to happen if I do gain weight? Like, am I going to die? Will people not love me anymore? Will, um, you know, will my house burn down? Will something happen? Like all these fears are actually fears that we've made up in our heads because of the conditioning uh, from society that we've learned. So when we've learned that smaller equals healthier, that you have to be on a diet or lose weight to be healthy, then these are the things that we've been like grown up with we've grown up to think this so it's an absolute paradigm shift of just like whoa the world is round like this is crazy I never like you said you never knew that this was on the table you never knew that health could exist without dieting so it's constant training and and these thoughts that come up in your head it's constantly like um, challenging them and saying okay but but why do I have to lose weight? Why why does weight loss have to be my focus? Why can't I just take care of myself? Why can't I just use my self care as a form of health? So this is actually um, takes a while, but it can happen if you like start training your brain the right way.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think that's really important to understand is that like, it is a process. It is one of those things that's Mm -hmm. like, you and I talk about weight neutral coaching all the time. And we talk about like, not focusing on the weight on the scale. But we would never expect anybody to, you know, become go from like a daily weigh-inner to someone who's like, oh now I don't care. Like that's unrealistic and it's not very helpful. Mm-hmm. Like we're gonna show our side of it. But and there there are people where like that is a process and it takes time, and especially if this is very new to you and you're not in this space that that will take time like that. And that's okay. And like, like kind of like you were saying, like with a squat, like if you want a really good squat, like you have to squat for a little bit and it'll get better over time. And then eventually you'll be able to overcome that. And I think like that's really valuable because I think we're gonna see, you know, and we we see this year round, we're especially gonna see this in January, a lot of like, yo, take this thing for 30 days and you'll be fine. And I think like (laughs) there's just nothing that works like that. And it's extremely unhelpful. Mm -hmm. for people who are trying to improve their health and for people like yourself who are trying to, you know, make people remove the fear of weight gain is that it, it would be unrealistic for you to be like, yo, take my, you know, work with me for 14 days and you'll never care about weight again. Like we really do need like a more nuanced opinion on that.
1: Totally. And I think something important to, to mention here, Mark, is that You know, we're so used to these 30 day transformations and like the, Oh, look at what I did. I lost this much weight in 60 days. And it's just like this, like, boom, we're looking for that big, big transformation when really success is actually these small, like very boring things that we do moment after moment that create that big success. So This is about getting rid of that all or nothing mindset around health and saying, I'm either good or bad. I'm either on or off. You know, it's about um, actually going into it and saying, okay, I did this one little thing today and that's going to push me towards, I I didn't measure any of my food today. That's progress. Okay. I deleted my calorie tracking app. That's progress. Okay. I didn't weigh myself today. I weighed myself uh, the day before, but I didn't weigh myself today. That is progress. So it's about finding those small gemstones that are actually going to build up.
0: Yeah. And the the small steps are the way you have to do it. I think like, this is the problem that we see with someone who is, you know, trying something new, especially if it comes from a place of like feeling guilty or feeling like they have to make up for lost time is that they go from like, at least on my end, zero days a week to six days a week. Right. And so like, and of course they fail. Like that's one of those things that's like any, like that is such a drastic change that it's unfair to them it's unfair to, and like the idea that, you know, they would crush that for one month and then do it forever. You know, the conversation I always have is like, what is the amount of training that realistically fits into your life? And there's like no wrong Mm -hmm. answer to that. That's a different number for many people. Usually it ends up being like three to four days a week. Uh, Sometimes it's two, uh, very rarely it's five, but you know, the idea is that like, what matters more is just like being consistent with little things. And if you're new to training, you should train probably two days a week. Like that's probably two days a week, 30 minutes to start and then like get used to that. And then, you know, add a third day once you're ready and almost putting a timeline on it really affects people to succeed because if they're like, oh, well, I have to see results in two months or like I have to see results in January or whatever it's going to be. And then you don't, then it's like, well, this this is stupid. Like this is bad. And it's like, if we were just constantly thinking about the process as opposed to thinking about like what you're getting from the process. I think it would be much more enjoyable both for food and fitness. I think this is also one of those things that's like, you know, if you have a fear of weight gain, you want to slowly unravel that and like work towards, you know, being okay with that and focusing more on nourishing your body and removing the stress from food, but that's a process and that takes time and that's okay.
1: Totally. Totally.
0: Um, Yeah. and, And for yourself, like because you also have the relationship with both food and fitness, because you came from like your bodybuilding career. And like we've talked <laughs> right. about in a previous episode as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, what
0: are the most common things that you noticed, especially like in the fitness space, that was not good for the relationship? I, I have kind of like the ones that I've seen, but I'm curious of what you've seen as well.
1: Totally. So I came from the bodybuilder world to where if you didn't stay within five to eight pounds for women, it was staying between five to eight pounds of your stage weight. Now I'm going to tell you my stage weight was where I was um, basically in active eating disorders. Um, not not on prep. So this is like not on prep. This is after the show. So I, I always say this, but I never really blame bodybuilding. I blame after the show. I blame the side effects of it afterwards because you get that body for one day, one day, and then that's it. You cannot have that body for the rest of your life. It is unsustainable. It's malnourished. It's dehydrated. It's, it's ridiculous to think that. But as a bodybuilder, you're taught to stay within five to eight pounds of that. Well, to me, being at that weight was when I like had to develop eating disorders to keep in disordered eating patterns to keep it. So we almost talk about it in the bodybuilding world as like, oh yeah, like, you know, I purged today or I did this, or it's about cycling. You know, if you're using steroids, which I never did, but I know a couple people who did, and it gets to that point of, well, if you want to get to the next level, then you've got to do this. It becomes like, disordered eating becomes like a way of talking to somebody it's just like hey what are you doing or you know how many calories are you on today are you how many carbs are you on and it just starts taking over your life so it starts becoming the only thing that you know how to talk about it starts becoming the only way that you know how to connect with people and then you take that outside of prep you take that outside of bodybuilding and now you're looking at other people and you're judging other people and saying oh you know that you shouldn't be eating that many carbs right it's not around a workout you shouldn't be eating carbs around a workout out. Like you know, you should taper them off until at night, and you know all these things. And you, what are you doing eating fruit before noon? Don't you know that banana? You know how many how much sugar that has in it? And you know what are you eating with it? Where's your protein at this meal? And then you start judging other people, which means when you judge other people, you're actually judging yourself just as harshly, even harsher. So um, I think that we take this mindset of my my timing has to be perfect, my supplement timing has to be perfect, and we take it into the real world where it's not applicable. We don't need supplement timing to perfection in the real world. So we start taking these rules about health that were for like prep or for a competition. And we start calling it a lifestyle. And we start saying, Oh, this has to be this way or else we're not being healthy. And then that becomes our identity. And then that, like that fit person, that was my identity. And if I lost it, then people wouldn't respect me anymore. They'd think I lost myself. They'd think I wasn't worth health. They'd think that I, I, you know, fell off the wagon. So there's so many, so many routes and ways that it can develop a very unhealthy relationship with your food and your body.
0: Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. And I think it's like, even for people who aren't competing, though, a lot of that behavior does still exist in the real world, whether that's like, you know, every time you have a piece of cake, you feel ashamed, or every time like, like high calorie foods are worse and low calorie foods are better. And it's always kind of the, you know, the idea of like, like, the goal should be to lose weight, kind of regardless of like, what else it takes in your life. And there's a very aggressive, hustle culture that exists in fitness. And it's kind of like, well, mm. if you don't succeed, it's your fault. Like, it's not that the plan yep. is bad. It's not that you have the wrong goal. It's not that like, you're focusing on the wrong things. It's that like, if you had worked hard enough, AKA, like you made more sacrifices to other aspects of your life, then you would have the results that you're looking for. And I find this is really damaging one, because like, people should have lives outside of fitness. Like I'm saying this as a trainer, is that like, this is not one of those things that like, you should not live fitness. It's not good to live one thing, hardcore, anything. And fitness is including one of them. And that fitness should be enhancing the other aspects of your life as opposed Uh to vice versa. So if you're training all the time, your diet is causing you anxiety or you, you are you know, like training as hard as you can until you like literally don't enjoy the workouts anymore, which is like almost rewarded. Like that, like, I think like, like not liking the workout is almost like good. It means you're like working hard enough and it causes a very poor relationship with fitness because now you're associating fitness with something you hate, but have to do. Um, it's almost like taxes where it's like one of those things that's like, it's just like a thing you have to like deal with um, because of the sake of the end goal and fitness should be done in a way that one fits into your life reasonably, not in a way that you're like sacrificing social life, sacrificing time with family or friends like that, that should not be like your, your, your fitness schedule really should not affect anything else. Or if it does in a very mild way that the sacrifice is worth it. Um, and when I say sacrifice, I mean, like, I'm trying to think, it would be extremely, extremely mild, like almost to the point where you wouldn't realize you were sacrificing, um, because it should just really be enhancing your life overall. And this okay. is not the messaging that exists, that mm-hmm. it's a very aggressive messaging. It's a very like, well, if you didn't, you know, get the results you want to see, if you're not super toned, if you don't have, if you're not a low percent body fat, it's cause you're not working hard enough. And honestly, I think people are working too hard. Like, I Mm think that's the problem that I'm seeing is that like, it is not a work ethic issue that I see with most people. Yes. There are some people who don't train and should train, uh, but for health reasons, like outside of waking, but there are a lot of people who do train, who actually like crush themselves every workout they're training super hard. Their diets extremely structured. And I say structured in like a bad way in the sense that like, there's no flexibility and that's not really what fitness is about. Nope.
1: I I love, love that you said that like this hits the nail on the head. And I think even, um you know, you had said it before, but even in your, your course, when we were talking about it, you had mentioned, if your fitness goals are based on an insecurity, then that needs to be looked at because that Like just the way you said it hit me really hard. It was just like, yeah, that's exactly it. So that to me, when your, um, fitness, I remember working out like six days a week and I was a probably two ish hours per day. And that was cardio that was lifting. And I was in the best shape um, of my life, I will say, but I had no social life. And I was so tired all the time because I was under fueling. I was under eating and I was over So that was no life to live, but I felt like I had to keep that identity because people kept validating me on it and saying, Oh, Christy, you look so fit. Tell me what you do. It made me feel valuable. It made me feel like an asset and then pair that with, my, you know, I feel like people that were in my position, a lot of us have very similar qualities. We're perfectionists, people pleasers, and overachievers. And we want, we don't want to be average. We want to be somebody who's like, oh, but I work extra hard. I I get up at 4 30 in the morning and I work out and, you know, I have kids and I, you know, I, I work and I do this and I do that. And we just want to be that person that gets Um, like commented it and valued based on our exhaustion and that's what I feel like this this go go hard no days off thing is doing like you were talking about it's that all or nothing mentality of I'm either on or off I'm either good or I'm bad I'm either fit or I'm not fit I'm either healthy or I'm not healthy so we need to take that connotation away that healthy and fit means smaller because that is very untrue
0: yeah, and, and for a lot of reasons. And also like kind of what you said is that you really are looking for the approval of others. And that to me is a very scary place mm-hmm. to be. And we do this in a lot of ways. This is not like just fitness and nutrition. And this is also like the clothes we wear, like even like the schools we go to, the you know, the activities we decide to go into. And to me, that's a very scary place to be, especially in the social media age, where if we're constantly looking for the approval of others, that has never been harder than right now. And mm-hmm. I, I, w- I would say pretty much unachievable and if, but if that's what you're looking for is the reward system, that is very scary. Um, one, because you're not going to be the fittest person on social media. I hate to break this uh-huh. to like anybody who's listening. Yep. Um, it's just, it's just the bar is way too high at this point. And like, like, to the point where like, you're not gonna be better looking than Photoshop. And <laughs> it's one of those things that like, like, like we're talking like mythically, it's like too high and it's also like totally unnecessary that it's one of those things that's like your journey should be about your own self-improvement and it should build confidence for yourself regardless of the approval of others. This is not to say that when someone compliments you that you're not supposed to think like, oh, that was very nice of them. Um, But what you don't want is the reliance on that. Is that Mm -hmm. like, if you need those compliments, I, you know, and, and like you said, like you're relating to the bodybuilding world, but like, I don't think this is, I think this is just as common maybe not as common, but like very close to as common in like the real world is that like people are training training because they want to have a certain look, but more importantly, they want other people to have a certain look. And -hmm. that's a very dangerous game because really other people own your confidence. This is, and that's like a, that's a very scary place to be because if they own it, they can take it away whenever they want. If you don't happen to be the right look for the time, which does change, then yep. that means you'll go from, and this is like, what I see is like when people train for aesthetics is that short term, it does have a lot of pros. Like, I think like, that's like, like I get what people go for. it. You get all these compliments, you're losing weight. You feel great about yourself. Like, like you're a role model. Like maybe you made a fitness page, like whatever it happens to be. The problem is that it doesn't scale in the future. It really like it's, it's the aesthetics game. Doesn't play out. Like that's, you, you will not look 21 forever. Right. Like that's, that's not, that's <laughs> not like a dig on like anybody. Like, that's just like, listen, one day you're going to be and you know, and like in there, I've had, I've had conversations with like women who've like for decades have always tried to look younger and have always tried to have like the right look and they and, and like the older they get, like, it's almost like, like the more unachievable that like 21 year old look is. Mm-hmm. And That is just a very scary place to be. Um, you mentioned the course, which I didn't mention yet, but let's talk about it now. Let's Christy and I um have been working on a course. Um, it might be out by the time you listen to this. It's coming out December 1st, 2020, um, on how to have a badass relationship with food and fitness. Now, um, you were kind of mentioning my part in the course where I talk about like not training for insecurities. And I think like Mm -hmm. that's a very big and I kind of want to explain a little bit further on like when I talked about in the course where It's very common if you have a body image issue to make a course about your, sorry, to make a training program about your body image. Now, the reason that this doesn't work is that people who have body image issues need less focus on their body image, not more. And so if you make a training program or a diet plan or like a lifestyle choice that is related around body image and you have poor body image issues, it's almost like double downing on like your, what is essentially a mental health issue. Like, it's one of those things that you're creating more time on to like, well, I don't like how I look. So now I'm going to add an extra two hours a day focused on how I don't like how I look. And that's like, this is what I'm talking about, like training for insecurities. What you want to do is train to feel better about yourself, to move away from body image issues and to feel more fulfilled. Um, yeah. So I just wanted to clarify on that, but I would love for you to talk about like, you know, what you discuss in the course as well, because you know, you're, you're literally the other half of the course. Like we've been working on it together. Talk to me about like what you learn in the course and the values that people get from it.
1: Oh, absolutely. So we've been working on this course for months now. We like, I absolutely love this. This is like the baby. This is wonderful. It's literally fitness and nutrition, like intuitiveness. Put together so this course uh how i built it was i like to take you through the steps because there are steps to this journey um for people that are deep into food obsession body obsession and feel like they have to look the certain size and eat these certain things and all these foods are off limits and restricted You cannot just go straight to balance. Like it sounds wonderful and beautiful and like unicorn magical world where you're like, oh, I'm just eating perfectly now. Because to me, like balance is like this little tiny pinpoint on this little teeter totter. And to me, that's just another form of perfection. You're like, oh, I wasn't perfectly balanced today. So the first thing that I want you to work on in this course is that I teach you how to give yourself full permission on all foods. I teach you why this is important, but also the steps to do it. So this is basically intuitive eating, but like uh, a guided um, resource to it. So you have guidance, you have help, you have um, homework each week that you're going to take with you. Uh, this is basically about walking through the scariest jungle that you've ever been through. But you have Mark and I. You have us kind of guiding you, holding your hand through this because this is scary. I remember going through this um, by myself, and I I just couldn't do it without a coach without somebody there to guide me and help me so we built this course based on the steps that it takes to get you to this point to where you're able to leave half a cookie on a plate to where you go out to a restaurant and you're not your head isn't like filled with macros and numbers and you know to where you're like okay but if I eat this then I could just work out extra tomorrow and then oh if I have a glass of wine then I won't be able to have the bun with my burger and you know you there's no more bargaining to the point to where you're able to trust yourself around food and to where you don't have that anxiety around food anymore. This is all about true health at its most sustainable point.
0: Yeah. And I think that's a really important thing is there really is a ton of stress that comes with food choices. And I think like part of that has been the hard rules that we've created around food is that like we've demonized so many foods. We have, you know, created these insane rules all for like a very, you know, what I would consider a very shallow goal. Um, sometimes masked as for your health, but then like you realize that like for your health, like means like six pack abs. And (laughs) I think that that's like a very important thing is that like when we talk about food freedom, when we talk about intuitive fitness, it's not one of those things that like, like we can make as much content as we want on it. And like, we can talk about it, the benefits, but it is a step-by-step process. And it's not one of those things that you're just like, I'm just going to eat food freedom now. Like, this is not one of those things that exists. You really do need like step-by-step process and like how to get, and also how to get there, I think is also extremely challenging. Like there, there are women that I work with now who at the time were like, I don't even know how to transition from weight loss to strength training. Cause every time I go into the gym, it is for what hits the most calories, what is toning this, things mm-hmm. like that. And I think, especially in the nutrition sense, like it, it really is the same with intuitive eating. Is that like, it's, you need a step-by-step process. It's kind of a transition. And like, you really do need a support system to make that happen. It's, it's unrealistic for us to post something and then being like, oh, they're definitely gonna be weight neutral now. Like we have to get this process. <laughs> Definitely. Um, I think that's really important. And on my end, I really just talk about like how to make your journey one, make it fun or as fun as it can be as sustainable as possible so that you stick with fitness because like the burnout rate of fitness is like unbelievable, or mm. you don't burn out from fitness, but you burn out with like life. And so I'm really talking about, you know, how to make your journey sustainable, how to make it benefit all aspects of your life. And really in a way that like you know questions that I don't think are asked enough like the first week of the course is what is the right goal for you which I think is like not actually a thing that like anybody gives more than like 10 seconds thought of but it really is where people fail like that as actually is like you create a goal that is based on your insecurities you don't have the right plan for that goal and it's like you're not building the right foundation for your journey. And like your goal should be like, what is something that you would enjoy working towards? I think is really valuable. Like you're not just punishing yourself to the end. Like you actually enjoy the process because that's what like people who train for long periods of time don't have more willpower. They like training. Like, that's the, like, that's the difference that I think like people need to understand is that it's not just like, how much can I hate myself for how long? Like, it really is. And and like, I talk about like, so what is a goal that you would like to work towards that would make you feel badass that isn't based on the approval of others? Like you genuinely yourself would be like, it would be awesome if I could do, it. and that can be many things that could be like pushups that could be, you know, strength that can be a lot of different things, but like picking the right goal sets yourself up for the rest of it. But even that step, I think it's over missed. And I'm really just trying to make training sustainable. I'm trying to make it fun. I'm trying to make you feel badass and that it enhances other aspects of your life. So that's the goal with my modules. And um, it's an eight week self-paced course. It goes through all of this. And what I like about our course as well is that you can go back and use it when needed. Is that I like, it's not one of those things that's like, it's not like an eight week boot camp and then you're done. It's like, if you have problems in the past or problems come up later, maybe there was a week in the course that didn't resonate with you then, but will resonate with you now. And it gives you the, and like, because of how the course is laid out, like maybe your goal isn't your problem now, but it might be your problem later. You can go back into the course. It still gives you steps to do that. Like, does that make
1: sense? Absolutely. You hit the nail on the head. This is like your all-in-one course. You just, I mean, we give you as much as we possibly can in these eight weeks. And uh it's it's really supportive. And Mark, I've worked you with you before. You've helped me train because I've gone from bodybuilding and next year I plan on uh training strongman and you've helped me tremendously. So I know personally that you actually helped me with uh some things as a bodybuilder when I thought I knew it all I'm like wow I did not know it all like you really helped me in that aspect um even just training uh switching that mindset from training for aesthetics to training like hey this is this is what's sustainable for me this is what's going to keep me going but also in things that I liked so Um, it's really important to, to take that with you, but also to take it on the food end as well. And um, I also, I know on my end of the course too, I also go a lot into body image as well, which is a real big stressor for women, especially Um, we've been in this pandemic. This is a really hard thing right now. I know a lot of women just aren't feeling the greatest. So our goal is to just make you feel good. We want to get you to your most sustainable health, which is basically to get you to your ideal body and your ideal, body is one that is uh working out not for punishment but for enjoyment to get stronger um for uh to have a better day I know that's like my main reason I know it just gives me those like feel-good hormones but also um to eat when you don't have restriction and to basically have freedom around your food choices and to say, yes, I can have this. Oh, I want this based on how I want to feel a place where you can honor your hunger and respect your fullness. So this is what we learned. This is what we've built for you. And I'm so freaking pumped Mark. This is like the golden goose egg right here. This is it. This is, this is what everybody needs.
0: No, I I, I'm stoked about this too, to be honest, like there's a lot of really good parts to it. I think that it will will help a lot of people, especially if you come from a place of body image issues, which unfortunately is only becoming more common Um, and it provides a place that's like you can reuse this later you can go over the material there's worksheets that come with the modules so that you don't just have to like listen to us talk about it you can also like work through it yourself which i think is really important because i think it's you know and i and and i've done this too where like i listen to a video i'm like wow that was like really great and then i don't do anything about it which is why (laughs) i like really like the worksheets because it's like okay like you can actually cover what you talked about like you can go through the thought process yourself And, like, that was something that I was trying to think about the worksheets. Is that like, I'm not trying to tell you what is right, I'm trying to get you to think it through yourself because I think a lot of the fitness journey is self awareness. Like, we Mm -hmm. can give our thoughts and opinions, but if you don't talk about it yourself or go through the process yourself, I think it's just like us talking and then you, like, hopefully enjoying the video. But we want, we want it, we want you to. We want you to make the changes we want you to be aware of why this is good we want you to think through it yourself and no i'm really i'm really stoked about uh the course to be honest i'm really happy with how it came out and you no, know, and truly it's been like a pleasure working with you like it's been a very like easy process and so i think what's fun. nice is that like you 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 and i like also just kind of like agree on like most things which i think helps mm-hmm. like if i were to do this with like a weight loss macro coach, I think this would have just been a nightmare. Like it really is one of those things that's like you and I really see eye to eye on a lot of things, which I think is, is, is nice when you're working on a project that's taken this long is that you want to work with somebody who like agrees with you on most things. Like, you know what I mean?
1: Totally. Totally. And you can, um, if you DM Mark or I uh, on Instagram, we will send you a direct link uh, to this as well. So if you're interested in it, it's, it's definitely going to be a game changer for your, for your health in general.
0: Yeah, and I was going to say, like, so depending on when you've, you're listening to the podcast, um, this coming Friday before December 1st, there is going to be a presale, there is going to be a special discount for like the people who are looking to join on the presale list. So stay tuned for that. Um, but otherwise, it's coming up December 1st on 2020. Um, still, we'll have access to the course after that. It's not like a one time thing. And if you miss it, but um Yeah. And I, again, like I'm really excited for it as well. And I think like, what's nice is that we've kind of taken, what are the most common problems that we see? And we've been able to like directly address them, which I think is super valuable.
1: Definitely. Absolutely. And also uh, in the
0: the show notes, I'll be, uh, I'll put a link to the course.
1: So go ahead. Sounds great. I'm so excited. We'll see you guys there.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I'm really excited. Is there anything that you want to say before we And this podcast that you want to talk about either about the course or just about relationships with food and fitness in general.
1: Oh my gosh. I just, this, it's hard. It's so hard. And, um, if you can take this 1% of your life, this maybe, I don't know, a couple months, a year, whatever it might, however long it might take you uh, to do this, you will be set for the rest of your life. You really won't need any other diet plan or anything like that after this. It's just going to be your guide to health. Um, it's so intuitive Mark. It really is, you know, this is about finding out what works for you because no meal plan really knows you, you know, and Mark, you, have the yeah. do it yourself uh workout guides which is so helpful and it builds that sustainable relationship you know like we talked about with health and fitness that's what this course is so i'm i'm just so excited this is going to be like just, just phenomenal
0: <laughs> no i i am stoked literally it's been it's been a pleasure and i'm so happy with how like the course has come out and like what it's going to do I, i'm like really really excited Um, that was all that we had for today. Um, But I will put like, if you are interested in the course or looking into the course, I'm going to leave a link in the description of the podcast as well. But um, this has been another episode of Marky Mark and the Fitness Bunch.